Good morning and welcome back to a very, very special episode of 80s Wrestling the Podcast. My name is Jumpin' Jay, and as always, I'm joined by Tommy Sharpshooter Fierro. Good morning, Tommy. <laughs> uh, every, every, every week uh, you have a different name for me, but I think this week is a, is a fitting nickname because we just broke the news two days ago, Jay, that 80s Wrestling Con will be returning to the Menon Sports Arena in Morristown, New Jersey on Saturday, May the 6th, 2023. As you know, you were at this past year's one. It was a phenomenal turnout headlined by Jesse, the body Ventura. Also, we had uh, a really special ceremony. We presented today's guest, Barbara Goodish, with the Lifetime uh, 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award for her late husband, the great Bruiser Brody. And the big announcement, Jay, is that the headliner for this upcoming year's 80s WrestleCon has been signed, and it is the excellence of execution. Brett, the Hitman Hart, will headline 80s WrestleCon this year, and we're going to be announcing a lot more names in the upcoming weeks, and tickets will go on sale this coming Black Friday, so be sure to head over to 80s WrestlingCon. Dot com the day after Thanksgiving, and tickets will be on sale. But without any further ado, Jay, like you said, a big episode today. I'm very excited about this episode. Uh, one of the, the greatest legends in the history, history of professional wrestling, the late, great Bruiser Brody, and we have his wife on today. Anyone that would like to call in and share their memories and moments, uh, the late, great Bruiser Brody, and talk to his wife, Barbara, the call-in number is area code 516 595 Once again, 516-595-8295. And without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Barbara Goodish to the show. Barbara, good morning. Welcome to 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Well, good morning to you guys, too. And thank you so much for having me on here. Hey, 80s Wrestling Podcast, how can you get any better than what it was in the 80s? Absolutely. Jump in, Jay. Jump in here, man. Well, Barbara, first of all, I would like to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to visit with us. We are, we are looking so forward to this conversation with you. And I guess I would just like to start by saying your husband, Bruiser Brody, who was taken from you far too early in life. And so our condolences still go out to you. But this is a man who passed away in 1988, and here we are in 2022, and his impact and his legacy is still celebrated by fans of professional wrestling as his widow. That has, that has to feel pretty special to you that all these years later, people are still interested, still talking about your husband and keeping his memory alive. See, this is what is just so amazing is, as you said, 1988, and this was before cell phones and internet and any of social media. And now, as you mentioned, 2022, he has become a legend and more famous than he was back in the 80s. And I think that he would be so totally amazed. But you know what it was? When he used to go to a match and he used to come home, he always used to say, I just want to give the fans the best night of their life. I want them to leave that arena and say, wow, because without, as you know, without the fans, there is no wrestling. And I think whatever it was, it became true because they still remember him today. And I have, when I go to these uh, events, 
like what Tommy puts on, and the people will come up and talk to me. And a lot of times they'll be telling me things about my late husband, Bruiser, and I'll ask them how old they are. And they were not even born when he passed away. And these, as young as in their 20s, and they're following him on YouTube, I guess it's because of YouTube and all the matches and everything. Well, this, it just, I mean, it makes my heart. It's, it's unbelievable that everybody still remembers him and people still are remembering him when they see on YouTube and the stories that they tell me, I'm just absolutely amazed. And I just wished he could be here and say, hey, you did give people the night of their life because mm. even, even when I look at some of his matches and I don't, you know, once in a while I'll watch on YouTube and I said, yeah, he was pretty good because I never <laughs> did go. I was, one of, I was the wife that stayed home and looked after the house and when his son was born, looked after his son. So I never really got to go to many of his matches. And I think I'm so grateful that the one match that he did take me to was when he did one hour with Ric Flair. I think it was the, was the St. Louis, was it the Checker Dome in St. Louis? But I remember because people couldn't believe that he could do one hour. Here he was because he usually would go in the ring and, you know, it was pretty much, you know, he'd go in there and uh, you know what I'm talking about. And go out, and then here he was doing one hour with Ric Flair. And I know a lot of people still talk to me about that match. And as I said, I was just so grateful that that was one of the few matches that I, you know, I saw. So, yes, I am so grateful to the fans. I'm so grateful, even for you two, that you still remember him and are still doing a podcast about his life. Well, we, we have a number of callers waiting to talk to you. But before we go to the call lines, I do want to ask... When you met Bruiser, were you a wrestling fan? Did you know who he was? Or were you really not interested in the world of wrestling at that time? I didn't even know wrestling existed back in those days. <laughs> it wasn't. But what it was, I happened to uh, get a job at a hotel. And I was in Sydney at the time. And uh, somebody taught me into going to this hotel that was in King's Cross. And I, I said, I'm... King's Cross was known in those days as a quite, quite a place. And I said, oh, I can't go to a place like that. And they said, well, come on, come and take an interview. Let's, let's just see what's going on. So I went and I, the people were so nice. In fact, there was an American gentleman from Big Spring, Texas, who owned the place. So I took the job. Well, it just so happened that this hotel was where all the wrestlers stayed when they made that tour to, you know, Australia and New Zealand. So, and what happened, I began to meet them just as people, not as what they did as a living, because they would always bring me photographs of their children because they weren't making phone calls back in those days. It was too expensive. So their wives would send them mail. That's how long ago it was. This was in the 70s. And they would... They would come and show me, you know, because they were lonely. You're in a strange country, so they'd come and talk to me. They were kind of like all my brothers. Well, I had from the midgets to Andre the Giant, which was, that was quite something. Here's Andre the Giant walking into the hotel, and I always remember with him trying to see him get into the little cars that we had in Australia. They kind of had to, you know, <laughs> push him, and he was so big. 
So I had them and Don Morocco, and there were so many of the uh, wrestlers, J.J. Dillon, who is still my good friend today. I've known J.J. for over 40 years. And as I said, and it was just so nice to reconnect because after what happened with, uh, with what everything happened, I lost my wrestling family, and now I found my wrestling family. But I'm mm-hmm. changing this up. I'll get back. So I was the first person. I just happened to be working the front desk when uh, Frank came. And he had just been in America. This was like first time overseas. And I remember him saying later, though, said, he said, I thought I was somebody, and you just treated me like nobody. Well, that's <laughs> how, they were just people to me. I didn't treat them like, but you know what I mean? They were Great. just a customer. Hello, Jay, you there? I'm here, Tommy. Are you there? I'm here, but uh, Barbara seemed to drop off. I know that uh, the area she's in right now, they just they just went through a hurricane. So I don't know if she's in a bad spot right now. Uh, maybe we'll try and get her back on. I'll, I'll talk real briefly, Jay, if you want to try and get her back on real quick. Sounds yeah, good. For me, for me, it was really cool this past May. I was able to do an 80s Wrestling Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, and we're going to do that every year at, at the convention, by the way. The first uh, recipient was Bruiser Brody, and we, we gave the award to, to Barbara. And it, it was just so cool, man, because me growing up as a child, you know, I, apparently I said a million times in this podcast in the past, you know, I'm a WWF fan growing up, but, you know, I would have all the magazines. And, you know, I just remember as a child just seeing all these bloody pictures of, of Bruiser Brody in, in all my magazines as a kid, and I was always, I was always fascinated. Uh, who is this guy? It was like, as a kid, you, you watch WWF, and you, know, you got a little bit of, of, um, of NWA as well. But like, there's something about him, and the mystique of him, and it grew throughout the years. And you know, as I got older, obviously, I started you know watching all his, his stuff on YouTube, and and uh, Bull James, who is the current ISPW World Heavyweight Champion, that was like his idol growing up and Bull actually was able to present Barbara with the award at this past year's 80s wrestling con which was was really cool and uh it was a real special moment and uh did you have her back on no unfortunately her phone is going straight to voicemail so you keep talking and I will try her one more time here like you said she's in an area where uh, they're experiencing some inclement weather and so her phone might not have the best reception but you talk, I'll try one more time. Yeah, she was also telling us, uh, you can do that, I'll, I'll, I'll keep talking. She was telling us right before we went on uh, the air live that she was actually driving around uh, her area and just, you know, the beaches are all destroyed, the condos destroyed. So uh, she might have hit a, a bad spot where, uh, you know, her, her phone went kaput. Hopefully we get her back on. If for some reason we can't, uh, I, I told her last night when I was talking to her, I said, listen, because she said, you know, we're in the middle of a hurricane, so we can we can reschedule, no problem whatsoever. But she wanted to do the podcast. Uh, but if we can't get her on for some reason, no question, we will uh, we'll pick up this conversation uh, at, at a future time. And we, me and Jay will call it in the ring, like we've done many times here on the podcast. I'm sure that we can uh, pick a topic off the top of our heads and just start talking about it with you guys uh, here on 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Jay. 
Uh, any luck in? If not, we, we'll just go. We'll just go back into it, and we'll we'll pick up with her uh, another time if we can't connect with her. So far, I have not been able to reconnect with her, but maybe we need to give it a minute or two. Maybe she's driving back home or something. But we can definitely talk about Bruiser Brody. Um, I'll be honest with you, Tommy. He's one of these guys who, as a kid, I was very scared of, very intimidated by. But the flip side of the coin is now when you go back and you watch YouTube shoot interviews from other pro wrestlers, they all say the same thing incredibly intimidating and scary in the ring nicest guy in the world outside of the ring and as a fan i always find such joy in learning that the guys i was most scared of as a kid are some of the nicest guys behind the scenes and from what i understand bruiser brody was definitely that kind of person Tommy, are you there? Sorry, Jay. Just I'm here, man. Sorry, I'm I'm, te- I'm texting with her right now to okay. let her know. She said she can't get a she can't get a call line, so I'm gonna sure. I'm just I'm gonna reschedule with her. So just okay. uh, bear with me for one second. We're gonna we will we'll hold off on the Bruiser Brody topic only because we want to talk about it with, with her. Obviously, we're just gonna call it in the ring, brother. So bear with me one second. I uh, have a topic in mind when I come back in ten seconds or twenty seconds, and we're gonna do this one on the fly, brother. <laughs> Have a topic in mind. He says, well, here's what I'm going to do. While you're texting and rescheduling, I'm going to reach out and make the hot tag to longtime friend of the show, babyface Brian from Chico, California. Brian, you were waiting in the wings, listening on hold. You hear what's happening. We've dropped Barbara Goodish, unfortunately, and so we're calling in the ring from here on out, Brian. How are you doing this morning? Hey, I'm doing great, and uh, and I'm like you guys. I... Uh... I didn't get to see a lot of Bruiser in the ring. So for me, he was like this mythical, larger-than-life guy. He was very, I would say, the most uh, similar guy out there for me was uh, Andre the Giant in that he was used as an attraction that just went around the entire world. And uh, and and when I listen to interviews uh, from him now, or there's, there's one really good one that's about 20 minutes on YouTube, um, where he shares that he liked to go everywhere. He didn't. He, he didn't want to go to the big territories. He felt it was uh, uh, it was more beneficial to go like a carnival and touch every part of the world, so that every fan got to experience him. And so, I when I listened to him speak, I realized you know what an intelligent um, Renaissance man he was, and how dedicated to his craft he was. And then when I listen to Barbara on interviews, I, I, I see how he's like so many of these guys, Piper, Orndorff, just all these guys where they went out and they, they did their craft. And they when they came home, they were 100% there for their families. So, um, you know, if we don't get to talk to her this week or, or when you talk to her, the, the one thing I want to ask her is is I feel like he was such a confident and, and focused individual. I wonder if he had anybody that would have made him starstruck. So if we do get her back on the line or in, Hey you know, guys, you I'm, guys. Back, I'm, back, I'm back on. Unfortunately, it don't look like we're going to be able to connect. She can, she has access to, to texting, but uh, she has no like call out dial for, for some reason. And, and I know Jay tried her a couple of times too and went right to voicemail. So it, it's definitely a, 
uh, situation where it has it probably has something to do with the, the lines out there. They just had a hurricane. So, and, and like I said, I mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago, Jay, I was speaking to her last night and I said, listen, we can reschedule. It's, it's no, no big deal at all, but she wanted to do it. Um, but yeah, unfortunately it looks like we're going to have to uh, call this one in the ring and uh, what better person to call it in the ring with than baby face Brian. So I'm going to throw out a topic off the top of my head. Let me see. I'm walking around my store right now. Let me let me pick something. Let, let me see. Let me see what sticks in my head. What yeah. pops up in my head? We can start talking about. I'm gonna point to sensational sherry. Sensational Let's talk about sherry. Sensational sherry for a couple of minutes. We we go. We could talk about a ton of different topics. Let, let's let's stay on sensational sherry for a couple of minutes. So Big Face Brian, growing up. What was your hey guys, on, uh, be, before Sherry. you talk about sensational Sherry, Brian, I want to know what did you point to in your store that had her image or her likeness on it, Tommy? I am looking at an original. If you come to the Wrestling Collector here in Stockholm, New Jersey, I have original uh, WWF posters hanging on the wall, like the ones that you used to see in the middle of the catalog. Absolutely. Uh, up as a kid. So I, I have the I have the sensational Queen Sherry one with the red background. Her you know her like her hands arms folded. I am looking at that. I'm looking at a Brutus Beefcake one, the Killer Bees one, Texas Tornado one, Bushwhackers, Junkyard Dog, British Bulldog Warrior, LOD, the Rockers, like all these original '80s posters. So they're you know, they're pretty. We ever come to the wrestling club? I know Jay, you've been here, so you've seen them. But uh, yeah, she she's. I don't think we ever did a topic on Sherry. I don't, I don't believe we did. Uh, but she is someone that um, grossly, 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 grossly underrated as far as her contribution to the WWF during that time period. I mean, she was a, a pretty big star, you know? Yeah, she's a consummate professional and uh, well, somebody that... Bruiser, uh, Bruiser Brody's wife's calling me right now. Maybe, we, maybe we're going to get this reconnected. One sec. Awesome. Well, thank you for being with us, Brian, as we go down this interesting road to a show this morning. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, if we don't talk to her, I'll just say that Sherry was one of those people that she, you know, wanted to be considered one of the boys and one of the, uh, you know, super uh, able to hang with. And, okay, and brother. I think, I, think we, I think we got her back. Jake, uh, hang, hang tight. Uh, Babyface Brian, let's get her back out, and you can ask her questions personally to Barbara Goodis. Great. See, all right, we're, we're always, it, it, it's a work in progress. I mean, we're not we're not a part of no uh, serious FM network here. We're we're, we're out of the, the dungeon of the wrestling collector in Stockholm, New Jersey. But um, obviously, there's nothing we could do because of the the phone line situation over there. But uh, she she says she thinks the lines are working out, so I'm pretty sure you could probably get her back on, and we can pick up on this conversation. Here with us one second, guys. Sorry for the uh, the technical difficulties. Hopefully, everyone down there is safe. That's in the harm's way of uh, Danny Morrison, ISW legend and Hall of Famer. His him and his family are down there right now in Disney, and, and they're in the middle of the hurricane right now as we speak. So, uh, Tommy, Jay, are you able to get? You got her back on. Not only am I back, but I have the guest of honor, Barbara Goodish, is back with us. Great. Yay. <laughs> this is Barbara, good. This is, uh, 
Yeah, we have our longtime the, the, caller, Brian, on the phone. He is excited to talk to you this morning. Brian, you are live with Barbara Goodish. Thanks so much. Uh, it's really an honor and a pleasure to be able to talk to you. Uh, I was uh, 14 when I saw the horrible news on Entertainment Tonight with Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, being interviewed about uh, your husband's passing. And I, I just want to let you know, as one of those kids that was fully invested into wrestling back then and and still am now that he was a larger than life and uh, mythical presence. And it's, uh, it's only grown over the years. And, uh, and I'm really happy that you're able to share with us and uh, I want to wish you and your son all the best in the world. Um, the question I would have for you is I, I watch interviews. There's a really good interview with him where I see what a, he just seemed like he was so focused on his craft and such a, uh, uh, intelligent human being, um, and he seems so confident and, and, and whatnot, but is there anybody in the world of uh, music or or uh, author or, or even other sports figure that, that he was uh, a big fan of and would have been starstruck by? Like, was there any, I don't know, Elvis or or somebody out there where he got to meet him or really would have wanted to meet him, or was he just 100% wrestling and family man? Well, I think in those days he was watching Arnold Schwarzenegger. Remember, he was just coming on to the powerlifting scene and everything when Frank was just starting off, and I know he had Arnold's book, so I remember that as one of the ones. Led Zeppelin, the immigrant song. I remember we had Led Zeppelin and Tom Petty in our when he listened to music and that. So those are a couple of the big ones that I remember. And I just want to thank you, Brian, for that wonderful statement. Thank you for remembering him and thank you for what you just said and everything. And another thing I was just going to say, you were right. He, he used his craft like a business, but when he came home, he was just Frank Goodish. He was just husband. He was just father. And I think that's why he could distinguish between the two. He knew that Bruiser Brody was his business, but Frank Goodish was who he really was. And I think maybe that's why he was successful and people remember because he was, he was a very special person, like you said. And with you being so young and with what you said about him, you know how as has his widow you know you have made my day that was such a wonderful thing that you said and I'm trying to think of the different things but yeah I think Arnold and well the immigrant song that was if you've seen any of the videos I know that a lot of the time the immigrant song was one of the ones that he came into the ring with another one was who was that bad to the bone I'm trying to remember who did that I don't think it was George Thurgood I'm not sure but bad to the bone was another one I remember those ones because they were his kind of, what do you call that? His songs for his entry yeah, his, his entrance, his entrance theme, yes. And, uh, and I thank you so much for your time. I'm sure you've got a lot of people that want to talk to you, so I don't want to keep you long. I, I, again, I just want to uh, tell you that I think uh, the world of uh, what he did for the business, he was truly a, uh, an icon, and, and his, his legend will continue to grow. And uh, all the best well, to you and your son. Well, Thank you. But are you on Facebook? Um, I'm on Twitter. I don't do Facebook. but um, Twitter? I think I've yeah, got a Twitter. I, I don't do it much. 
But yeah, I was just going to say, just uh, I think I have a Twitter account, so just send me a message. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look to, for that. And, I mean? uh, oh, definitely, definitely. Thank, that would be great. Thank so, you. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for your time, and all the best to you and your son. And thank you too, and all the best to you and your family as well. Hey, take care, uh, Mrs. Ghost. Right. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in, Brian. Next up, Barbara, is another longtime listener of the show, Marty from Millville. Marty, good morning. You are live with Barbara Goodish. Good morning, Jumpin' Jay, Tommy Fierro. Uh, Mrs. Goodish, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast this morning and, and taking time out of your day uh, to talk to all of us fans. Uh, it's really appreciated, so thank you. I want to start with that. So, well, uh, and thank also you, Marty. Good. I'm sorry. No, thank you. Thank you for that. It's nice to talk to you too. Thanks. Yeah, and I also wanted to thank you for doing the Dark Side of the Ring episode. I I know that can't always be the easiest thing, but for somebody like me growing up on the East Coast, I didn't see uh, a lot of your husband's matches, but I got to know him through that, and now I'm a huge fan. Um, but that episode is like, you know, you got to meet Bruiser Brody and Frank Goodich in the same episode. And you as a person translated well across the camera and uh, onto my screen. And, and it was just great. My, my wife watched it with me. Like, we, we love that show. But um, I want to thank you for, for doing that because, like I said, now, you know, I consider myself a Bruiser Brody fan as a result. Well, well, thank you, and that was very, very hard for me to do because I haven't really talked about it that much. And when the producers of Vice contacted me, I was kind of torn. And then I thought, well, at least if I do something like that, they gave me a little control. I knew that it would be done right. I just knew that they would do a good job, and I am thrilled that the job that they did. And the thing that they did was that is the first time that my son, Jeff, his son, actually talked on TV, actually talked about his father, actually did anything about his father. And we were sitting there, and they asked him, would you mind saying something, you know, on the screen? And he said yes, and I couldn't believe that he said yes. But the thing that got me was they asked him that question and was, what memories do you have of your father? You know, or what stories? And when he answered, everybody has stories, but I don't. It kind of, whoa, that kind of. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, he was so young when everything happened. But I'm glad that he, he could talk because he's never really been able to talk about it. So that's the yeah. one thing I have to say with the vice that they did a great job and they actually got my son to talk. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm happy to hear that because I know that show sometimes, like, has some criticism. Sorry, I have a baby in the background. Chris oh, that's Bundy fine. Is hanging in there. I think he made an avalanche in his diaper. But uh, anyway, sorry. He, uh, he's a little grumpy. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad to hear that because I do love that show. and I, I, I love it for its authenticity, and, and I want to make sure it was right. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear you say that. Yeah. Well, just maybe a couple of people embellished a little bit, but nothing bad. Okay, it's wrestling. good. Um, my my Thank only you. question, I guess, fr- from a funny standpoint, would be: uh, Is there anybody like in your like you run into out in public, or that 
you know, back in the 80s and maybe gave you a hard time and then they found out who your husband was and maybe you retracted some things? Like, I, cause you, you, didn't, you don't seem like the type of person that walked around saying, oh, do you know who my husband is? But sometimes, yeah. you know, we get into things and then it's like, oh, wait a minute. You're Mrs. Goodich. I was. I know that's uh, a lot of times. A lot of people didn't even know who he was, even though they knew me. Because, as I said in the person Brian before you, that he kept things separate, and I really didn't wasn't around any of the wrestlers except for just short periods of time. You know, a couple of matches. I can probably count, like I said before, just a few matches that I saw. So nobody really knew who I was. And then it happened, and kind of a lot of people, they said, well, we didn't know that you were, you know, because it was Bruiser Brody, and, you know, I was Barbara Goodish, so a lot of people didn't take, you know, didn't transcribe that I was, that was who my husband was. I mean, the school did, but he went to the school a couple of times, and they didn't even know who he was. Jeff had, what do you call that when you take something to school? And he took his father to school for show and tell. And they couldn't believe. He walks in with his dad. And then a few people recognized, and they couldn't believe. And the teachers were just so incredible to me. They said, we, we had no idea. And here he was trying to sit in one of these little tiny chairs in school. And he was, he was just show and tell. Well, and I he think always tried to do a lot of... That day. He won show and tell that day. Because... Yeah. Yeah, no, so that was an original show and tell. Oh, well, that's great. Well, I'm going to go so other people can get a chance to talk to you. But, again, thank you so much, not only for doing the episode, but for talking with all of us this morning. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you for remembering. Will do. Thank you. Take care. All right. Thank you, Marty. Well, Barbara, one of the questions I have for you is, when your husband passed, I was just a young boy fully immersed in the world of professional wrestling and your husband was one of the guys who I was probably scared of the most for his on-screen persona and come to find out later in life through different interviews from wrestlers that behind the scenes he was one of the nicest most genuine human beings and so it always puts a smile on my face when I find out the biggest baddest most intimidating people on screen are some of the nicest people behind the camera And so my question for you is, what did you think of his intimidating persona compared to the personality that you fell in love with? I know. It's like two different people. It's like, you know what I say? It was like, it was hard for me to take that this was the man that comes home after he's been wrestling. To see how he was, I think that's why he didn't want me going to the wrestling matches. (laughs) He didn't want me to see that other side of him because you're right, it was intimidating. And that brings back a very interesting story because a lot of the people that I talk to at these conventions and these wrestling uh, events, they'll come up to me and just like you, they were only young and they said, I remember him. We were just a young child. We were at the airport with my dad and all of a sudden this huge big monster appears and I'm hiding behind my dad's leg, you know, because this was unusual because, you, you know, there wasn't much TV back in those days. And he said, I remember he, he came over and he bent down and he talked to me. And he said, ever since then, I realized 
that you cannot judge a book by its cover. And that's why in Japan he was called, what was it, the intelligent monster because mm. he was so different. His personality away from the ring was so different to what it was in the ring. Because I've heard some horror stories about in the ring, if you know what I mean. I won't, <laughs> yeah. That can't be, they can't, they can't be talking about the same person. That doesn't sound like the person that I knew. <laughs> hey, Barbara, I have, a, I have a question for you also. So we, we, we know that Bruiser Brody, uh, he was in the WWWF back in the, the 70s. I, I, I'm curious if he ever told you his take on the WWF once it went uh, in the, the, the middle of pop culture, that, you know, 1985, 1986, Hulk Hogan, rock and wrestling boom period. And, you know, it didn't want to be in action figures and cartoons. And, it, I mean, it, it, blew, it, grew up, it blew up to be a global phenomenon. I'm just curious if he had ever mentioned to you uh, his thoughts on uh, the WWF going, uh, being a big part of pop culture back then. Well, uh, Vince Senior used to call the house all the time. You know that Frank had worked up there with Bruno in the very beginning, too. And he knew after Vince Senior uh, was gone, he knew that it would totally change when Vince Junior took over. And as you know, it did. But he also knew that the one match that everybody wanted to see was Bruiser Brody versus Hulk Hogan. And he knew that would probably happen at some point as soon as Japan. He was protecting Japan. You know, he did a lot of work in Japan. So he was kind of protecting his work over in Japan. So he knew that he was getting to that age where I think it was the Road Warriors were just starting in Japan. And he knew that they were going to be the fresh blood because there was Stan and Frank had been there for quite some time and they dominated everything as the Americans in Japan. Well, with Dory and, you know, Dory Funk and Terry Funk too, they were the most, you know, the popular ones over there at that time. So when the Road Warriors came in, he, he knew, I will have to, you know, I will probably, if they asked me, which they probably would have, will go to the WWE and have that match with Hogan. Of course it never happened, but that would have been, that would have been a match that I would have even asked to go see. Absolutely. Do you think, do you think after, you know, if, if he was still around and after his uh, Puerto Rico and Japan run, do you think that he would eventually have made it to the WWF? Was that something you think he would, he would I, have been interested in? I think he was. He, because he, like I said, he was a businessman. He was keeping everything. He had these two, you know, what he was, you know, with the Japan and everything, he knew he'd end up at the end doing that. I'm pretty sure, yes, he would have, he would have taken that route at the very end just because he knew, knew that that was, you know, I mean, he was 42 years old at this stage and he was thinking about life after wrestling. I think that would have been the big finale, so to speak, because he'd already started a, a company called BAM, BAM Brody Athletic Management, and he was all he was already going. He was uh, we had a friend that was in the University of Texas, and what they were going to do, they were going to take. We'd already bought a wrestling ring, 
they were doing a, they were going to do a program with the DARE program. You know, the drug program that they have in the schools was really big back in that time. And they were, uh, this professor from the university was, they were going to do a skit and they were going to take a wrestling ring out to the schools, universities. They were going to do a skit on the dangers of drugs. Now, do you think with someone, the personality of Frank, that those kids would not listen? You know, we try to tell them about the dangers, but when you're an authority figure, they don't, they kind of tune us out, as we know, as parents. But to have somebody like Frank go in there, do a skit about the dangers and do it like a wrestling skit, mm-hmm. I think those kids would have listened. I can't imagine kids not listening when <laughs> Ruzer Brody would give a message. I think he would have everyone's full attention. Right. And we also had some property. We had a 45 acres out with a little kind of a, a stream river running through with an old, kind of like a little old mobile home, not anything you'd really want to live in, but would have been. And he wanted in the school holidays to take disadvantaged boys out and have like a little, uh, you know what I mean, to take them out and have like a little, what do you call it? like a little not a little school, but a little club, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that they could go out there, 45 acres, have all the good things that children should have, and fishing and everything like that, and still do the wrestling. And they thought that that would be, because sometimes all children need is somebody to pay attention to them, as we know, especially the ones that don't have what we have but as I said, all these wonderful plans just kind of did not happen, as we know. But he did have, and this was all he was already thinking about, you know, life after wrestling. Hmm. That's very interesting to hear. And, yeah, it makes his passing that much more sad when you, when you learn about the plans that he was making. Um, if, if I could, I'd like to ask you a question about merchandising because – there have been a ton of action figures and other items with your husband's likeness made over the years. It's kind of a two-part question. First, I would like to know, I can't imagine going to a store and seeing an action figure of my wife on the shelf. And so I just would kind of like your input on what that whole experience is like. And then the second part is, how does somebody, do they contact you if somebody has plans to make merchandise with your husband's likeness on it? Or how does that side of it work? Well, in the last few years, people have finally contacted me because I am on Facebook and I am on messages and I try to answer everybody. Uh, they have contacted me, uh, contacted me through, you know, through the social media. But before that, you have to remember, decades have gone by that people have made a fortune on his image and the family has not seen anything. So you're right, it is one of those things. Mm. Now they actually uh, have contacted me, like the new Powertown. Have you seen the new Powertown figure that uh, Greg Gagne has uh, put out with the Powertown Wrestling? Well, they say Powertown Wrestling, where wrestling lives on. They've contacted me, so I am part of that. And I think if you've ever seen the figure, I don't think you could ever find a bigger figure. It is so real. It's kind of it's kind of unbelievable. It is one of the nicest 
action figures that I have ever seen. It is beautiful. I know. Isn't it just incredible? You know, so but they have contacted me, so that is part of me. And I think I think it's Zombie Toys also. They've got just come out with one too, and they they have contacted me too. But there's a lot of things out there that I have not been part of. Mm. But yes, it's really weird. It's really weird, like seeing a figure. It's like it's it's it is weird. I will say that. <laughs> Um, do you have very much memorabilia or things from his career that you've been able to hang on to? Um, or was he not really a collector and it was more of a job and so he didn't really hang on to a lot of that kind of stuff? Well, when I was going through boxes, when I was going through boxes, I found a lot of his stuff that uh, he he had like – Things that he would write down, like his work and everything that he would have. So, yeah, yeah, I do have a lot of memorabilia that I have found books that he would write down where he was on that particular day Mm. and, you know, where he was on that particular day and with uh, his workout, his workout ethic on that, you know what I mean? So, I found diaries mm. that, you know what I mean? Diaries that would have his workout, where he was on that particular day, how much they got paid. And you wouldn't believe some of the low prices they would get paid. I'm talking way back in the 70s when he mm. first started off in the different territories and that. And when he was, he would write a lot of things down, just like a businessman. You know how a businessman writes everything down? to keep records and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he seems like he was a very intelligent businessman the way he approached the business of professional wrestling. And I know that he was quite the good athlete growing up and in school, and he played football uh, and was a really great athlete. Do you know if he had dreams of becoming a professional wrestler? Did he like watching wrestling when he was a younger guy? Or was it kind of something he stumbled into after an athletic career in football? I think what it was, he thought he was going to play professional football. But he went to professional football. He went as far far up as the Washington Redskins. But then he got red flagged because he didn't take it as a he thought he was so good, like a lot of people. He said if he'd put his mind to the football like he did to wrestling, he probably mm-hmm. would have still been in. He would have had a career in the NFL. So, yes, he did go up as high as the uh, Washington Redskins. And when I was going through some of the boxes, I found some of the uh, letters, like from the different NFL teams that wanted him to, you know, try out. So when that didn't happen, he went to like semi-pro, what is it, semi-pro football and there's some of the different little leagues around, I think. Uh, one was in San Antonio, the San Antonio Toros, I think it was back in those days. And then he went, he did, uh, he did uh, journalism with the San Antonio Express News. And I think he had another, another one too up in the North Texas. So he was doing... Uh, you know, journalism, sports writing, 
with uh, the San Antonio Express News. So then he went to the gym, and I think it was Putski, Ivan Putski. Okay. He met Ivan Putski, and I think that's when the wrestling, because he was thinking of maybe being a police, you know, journalism, a policeman, different things. And then when he met Putski, Putski, I think, introduced him, and that's how he ended up with Fritz Von Erich in Dallas. So I think that's how it all came about. You know, because as you know, a lot of football players, they end up in wrestling. Right. Yep. Because I've been watching the NFL, and the way that they get hit, now I can see why they end up in wrestling, because they know how to take a bump. Right, and ideally, the guy you're in the ring with uh, understands you're there to make a living, and so hopefully they try to take care of you the best they can without making the show completely unbelievable. Uh, But yeah, football players, they suffer a lot of head injuries and other things, and so it is a very uh, tough and brutal sport. The last question I have for you, Barbara, before I turn it back over to Tommy, I'm hogging all your time, but I get such a kick out of the world of professional wrestling tends to exaggerate wrestlers' heights and weights, but Bruiser Brody was legitimately a very, very large individual. He's billed at six foot eight and about 300 pounds. In your <laughs> recollection, recollection, is that about accurate? Is that really how big he was? I think he was more like six foot five. You know, I know I see it all over the place as six foot eight, but with shoes on, he would be six foot eight. <laughs> Sure, but maybe barefoot closer to six foot five. Yeah, then, I think uh, just over six foot five. Yeah. Do you think that three hundred pounds is accurate? I mean, I know he was a large man, but three hundred pounds is a lot of weight. He was when I first met him. He was getting up there. His top weight was three hundred and twenty-five pounds. It was. Yeah, it was. was. And what it was, he was taking. Then he went to Japan, and he was taking so many bumps that he came back, he said, I can't, I cannot work the way that I need to work getting older and be 325 pounds. So sure. that's when he, he lost weight and everything. He was still, you know, pretty heavy, you know, when he passed. But he, he was smart enough to realize, I can't do this. At 325 pounds, I cannot do what I need to do in the wrestling ring. It's very interesting to me that you have some of his weightlift workout journals because that's very interesting because he was a great athlete. So I'm sure there would be people that would be interested in knowing what his workouts look like. So that's very interesting to me. Oh, I know. It's funny. He's got the squats. He's got the lifting weight. I mean, it's just funny. He kept a record. So he knew what he was lifting at which particular time. I know. And just, it's just so funny to go through some of these, uh, you know, diaries and just see exactly how he kept things. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Barbara, I, I know we took up a bunch of time. We appreciate you coming on. we got to figure out a way, oh, no. one way or another. One way or another, we'll get you up for 80s Wrestling Con uh, next May, because I think it's got to be a tradition uh, going forward that you're a part of it every year. So we will uh, talk about that and get that situated. But uh, I don't think I could do another 80s Wrestling Con without having you there, because all seriousness, Jay, Barbara's probably one of the oh. nicest people. I've ever met in the wrestling business. And, you know, and, and Barbara, you know, you know how this business is. I mean, there's great people and there's 
not so great people, but you are at the top of the list of, of the great people I've met, and, and it's, a, it's a pleasure to be able to call you my friend. So thank you very much for taking the time to come on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And as I said, I really thank you for last May. I really enjoyed myself, and uh, thank you. And I and somebody Absolutely. said that Dr. D Dr. D is going to be there. Yeah, Dr. D. David Schultz will be there as well. Yeah, we're going to start announcing talent uh, the next, uh, probably over the weekend and start next week. We're going to announce some more talent. But yeah, Dr. Death, David Schultz will be there as well, May 6th. Oh, I know. David, as I said, we stay in contact once in a while. Yeah, he is a character. I've done a couple of shows <laughs> with him, too. He sure is. He's a character. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll hide behind you at the convention if he tries to get a little rowdy. I'll be in good hands, right? <laughs> Barbara, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I look forward to talking to you, and we'll definitely see you up here in May for 80s Wrestling Con. I hope you have a great day, and hope everyone down there stays safe. Space. Okay, and thank you so much, and thank you to all the listeners. Of just for remembering uh, Bruce Brody. It makes his family just so grateful to you all out there, and thank you both for having me on the 80s podcast. Thank you, Barbara. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You, t- you too. Thank you. What a great guest, Tommy. Not only does she come across as a very sweet and loving individual, but I could listen to that accent all day. Everything she says sounds so good. <laughs> yes, absolutely, man. I, 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 want, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to uh, cut her off quick, but I know, I know she's, uh, there's a lot of turmoil going on down there, so I right. appreciate the time she's took. And I also appreciate your listeners um, dealing with the technical difficulties that we had. Uh, again, she, you know, she told us last night she was in the middle of the, the hurricane, but still wanted to be a part of it, so we appreciate her uh, coming on. But, yeah, that's some uh, house, housekeeping business here before we end this week's episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast. Jay, I have a jam-packed uh, weekend coming up to the point where I, I don't think I've ever been busier, so check the schedule out. You ready? I'm so ready. Tomorrow I'm will be Tomorrow night, Friday, Butler, New Jersey, St. Anthony's Church Gym, IS. PW Survive. It will be main evented by the first time ever. I've, I've done a lot of different matches, promoted a lot of different matches over my 29 years in the business, Jay. I've never booked or promoted a Survivor Series style match. And tomorrow we are doing a Survivor Series style match with Bull James's team to be called Bull's Horns against Justin Carino's team, Justin's Juggernauts. So we're trying to do that feel of the old school team names like WWF used to do back in the, the 80s. It's going to be real cool. I'm really looking forward to that. So the ISPW show is tomorrow night. Again, St. Anthony's Church Gym, Butler, New Jersey, 7.30 p.m. bell time. Tickets available at the door. Uh, the following night, Jay, Saturday night at the Wrestling Collector, we're having a mega signing. We're having current AEW stars Tony Schiavone and Thunder Rosa along with former WWF Tag Team Champions, the Godwins, and ECW original Angel Amoroso. So we're all, they're all going to be here this Saturday night at the Wrestling Collector on Route 23 in Stockholm, New Jersey. Then Monday, the last match musical returns for two more performances at White Eagle Hall in Jersey City, New Jersey. There's a 230 and 7.30 
performance. Actually, if you go to 80s Wrestling Social Media, we're having a contest where you can win two free tickets to either the matinee or the evening show. Just head over to 80s Wrestling on Social Media. I'll repost it again today as well. But, man, talk about a busy schedule. And then Sunday, the day of rest. The day of rest, Jay. Is this Sunday? It's going to feel like a day of rest. Hopefully my New York Giants can uh, get back on the winning side. They're currently 6-2. and two. We'd love to see them go 7-2 this Sunday. So a jam-packed weekend here in New Jersey for the wild ones. Listen, when you say it's a busy weekend, for I know what that means. It means for the rest of us it's an insane weekend because you always seem to have something going on. But you're right, man. Your schedule this weekend is booked, but it's all like ultra-level cool stuff. And so I know you're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to be hanging out with a lot of very cool people. Uh, and so I can't wait to hear all about the results. You had, you recently had some huge signings at the Wrestling Collector. You just had Raven in there. What was that like? Oh, he was super cool, man. Uh, I'll tell you a funny story. So I had Raven this past Saturday at the Wrestling Collector, and he told me a very, very funny story. When he first left the WWF in 1995, uh, before he went to ECWF, or it was 94, I think maybe it was 94 he left WWF, as Johnny Polo, he had a list of telephone, uh, promoters' telephone numbers that he was calling to get bookings when he left the WWF. Now, my name was on this list of promoters. Now, remember, I'm 16 years old at the time. So he said he called me a couple times for me to book him, but I would never book him. And then he like even like, it was my house phone number, so I even talked to my mom once before. And he, he, said, he said to me, Jay, he goes, he, he said to me, he's like, yeah, well, I, you know, I need the WWF and I can't get a 16-year-old kid to book me. Maybe I should have stayed there. So like, it was really funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a funny story. He, he told me that. That was on the list of promoters. And uh, I, I never, I never put the I'm sorry, man. I was only 16. <laughs> he, he got a laugh out of it. I had math homework I had to do, it was man. Funny. <laughs> That's very funny. That's yeah, awesome that he remembered and shared that. Yeah, yeah. So while all this is going on, so like uh, while while we're while we're on the podcast, and you know we're having these technical difficulties trying to get Barbara on, I get two texts from two people that's supposed to be on my show tomorrow, and then they can't make it now. So now, as soon as this podcast is over, I got to go crazy trying to find replacements for them for a show that's 24 hours away. So that should be fun. So it's, it's never, it's never a dull moment, bro. Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment, and that, and that's why promoting is not easy. If it was easy, everyone could do it, Tommy. But you're the best in the business, dude. You're gonna get some killer fill-ins. Otherwise, Tommy Sheik might have to make a run-in appearance. Hey, listen, if if, if, if Tommy Sheik can do it. So can the world's largest man. So be on standby. I'm going to get you out the first flight in the morning. I'll uh, put my gear in a bag, brother. brother. I think I think we can listen. I have an idea. Let's look All right. Um, how about me and you? Let's have that old-fashioned arm wrestling challenge tomorrow night at ISW. I will fly you in first thing in the morning. You come up here, me and you, in the middle of the ring, arm wrestling challenge. Before the ownership of 80s wrestling, the podcast. Oh, now if that doesn't put butts in seats, that probably wouldn't put butts <laughs> in seats, but I'd be down for it. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, just a quick, uh, another housekeeping note. We will not be on the air next Thursday 
Uh, Jumping Jay is uh, going to be away on business for a couple of days, and then him and his family are taking a long-awaited and well-deserved vacation. So I'm happy you're going to have a little uh, quality family time next week, Jay. So we're not going to have a, a podcast next year, next week here. Um, Jumping Jay will be on vacation. You know me, man. I am a loyal tag team partner. <laughs> like like the Dynamite Kid with Davy Boy Smith. You wouldn't see Dynamite Kid teaming with somebody. Oh, maybe you did in Japan. Uh, but you know what I'm saying. I hear what you're I saying. Not I, I appreciate it, Other than you. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Yes, we'll week. be. I'll be away next week, and so we'll take the week off, and then we'll come back and we'll hit it hard the following week. And I know by the time I get back, there's going to be so many announcements related to wrestling, 80s Wrestling Con 4 that I just oh, yeah. can't wait. Yeah. And, and, and once again, you know, behind the scenes, Jumpin' Jay uh, handles the uh, website for 80s Wrestling Con. So uh, we got we to gotta, we gotta butter them up with a turkey dinner or something to, to get that uh, stuff up by uh, Thanksgiving, Black Friday. So uh, Jumpin' Jay, you better take your, your well-deserved vacation now because I got I to gotta put you to work when you get back, man. That's, that's the deal. I, I expect to come back to an inbox full of request for 80s wrestling con the website but i'm excited <laughs> for it all because because i'm behind the scenes i get to hear a little bit of the names that you got lined up and again i've said it before but i don't know how you do it i don't know how you have these connections but this is going to be a huge huge wrestling convention and so if anyone is thinking about whether or not they should get tickets i'll tell them right now yes make your decision early plan on being in new jersey for 80s wrestling con four and uh and Jay will be in attendance. The world's largest man will be in attendance. Now, Jumpin' Jay, I know you had a great time meeting all the superstars of wrestling last time with your family. We kind of forgot that we were going to – it was so chaotic, right? We forgot that we were supposed to do a live podcast, but we can't forget this time. We're going to have you do something because a lot of uh, – honestly, I, I swear to God to you, a lot of people were upset they didn't get a chance to meet you. Uh, after the fact, people told me that they listened to you on the podcast that you were there, and they, they were upset they didn't get to meet you, honestly. So we have to do a better job this time, even like I have, we have an uh, 80s wrestling con, I mean, 80s podcast table with you at it. Uh, we might well, there be able you to go. do that. And then maybe, maybe, we'll, if I we'll can, do... maybe if I can skip away for like a half hour, maybe we can do photo ops with our, with our listeners, me, you, and the fans. That would you know? be incredible. I would definitely enjoy that an 80s uh, wrestling, the podcast table at 80s Wrestling Con 4. Before we let you sign off, Tommy, you mentioned to me last week off air that you were looking at getting a WrestleFest arcade cabinet. And here I am scrolling through. Listen, I'm scrolling through the Wrestling Collector Instagram. And what do my eyes see? A WrestleFest arcade cabinet. So I have to ask on air. Did you get your hands on this thing? Uh, uh, so, yes, it came yesterday. And guess what? Couldn't fit in the store. It couldn't get, get out it of couldn't here. Go through the door. Are you it couldn't go through the door. Uh, yes. However, however, uh, they are, um, there is a way to take off some of the, the, the front part, like the, the bulky part, the cabinet part. And then once they do that, I think they'll be able to get it in the store. So, um, yeah, we, just, we it, it, it's in New Jersey. Uh, we, we tried to get in yesterday. It didn't work, but uh, we're on the right track of getting it to work. So I'm not sure exactly what day it's going to physically be in the store, but it is in New Jersey. So it will have to worry about it. There has to be a way that the damn machine can get in the store. So we'll figure well, it out. You, and then uh, 
if you can't get it to fit, man, I'll send you my address and you can have them drop it off here. Yeah, I bet you, I bet you a lot of people, a lot of people, I could send they'll send me their address, but we'll figure out a way uh, to make it happen because I'm I'm really looking forward to getting that machine in the store, and I know for certain that wrestling fans from 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 all over probably come and play it because that's literally their childhood right there, you know. Absolutely, that's one of the greatest arcade games ever, and you can get it on like an emulator. I have it, what where you can just play it on your computer or whatever, but it's not the same to see that full arcade cabinet with the decals on the side just not the same it's the fact that you have your hands on one i'm super jealous that is super cool <laughs> hey man listen uh you have a great time in vacation this week we'll miss talking to you but uh, we'll be back in two weeks we'll try and uh you definitely get us a guest two weeks from today so we can uh, make it a a great episode of the podcast and then uh hopefully i see some of you guys this weekend again tomorrow night friday Veterans Day, we're going to be in Butler, New Jersey at St. Anthony's Church Gym for a Survivor Series-style main event match. Really looking forward to that. Saturday night at the Wrestling Collector in Stockholm, New Jersey on Route 23, Thunder Rosa, Tony Schiavone, the Godwins, and Angel Amoroso. And then this Monday is the big one, Jay. The last match, musical, White Eagle Hall, Jersey City, New Jersey, 2.30 and 7.30. Showtimes for tickets and more information. Head over to the last match musical.com and until two weeks from now you guys have a great time great weekend great two weeks shopping jay don't do anything i would do and have a great day from 80s wrestling Bye.